Hi, everyone. You have found me and my podcast, Processing the Process. I am Lisa Tams, and I am just a mom who has supported and survived having two kids, actually that's two boys, apply, pre-screen, and audition for college musical theater programs. All of these steps together, I refer to, and many people do, as the process. Thus, the name of this podcast, Processing the Process. Going through it my first time around with my oldest son, I searched for something like this podcast, and I didn't find anything. And so I decided to fill that void. And that is how this podcast was born. I hope that by listening, other parents will benefit from my experience and get insight to this very specific process. So that's a little bit about me, this podcast, and what you can expect. On with the show. Enjoy. You are listening to episode 16 of Processing the Process. And the name of this episode is Doing It. It's actually October at the time that we recorded this conversation with Gabriella and her mom, Amy. I talked to Amy last year in my first episode of this podcast. At that time, we were talking about what to look ahead to in this process, um, anticipating what was to come. And in this conversation. I spend my time talking to Gabriella, who is actually the student who will be applying pre-screening and auditioning for these college musical theater programs. Amy was here and definitely chimed in, but you will mostly be listening to Gabriella and me talking about her process, which involves a lot of time prior to actually deciding to do this. And she is wonderfully articulate about how this transpired in her mind and in her heart. There are so many wise things that she says that I am just like, yes, that. I was just so impressed with how she was able to actually put things into words that I just can't, and I've never actually heard so well articulated. There's so many good little morsels, and I know that you'll get so much out of listening. So thanks for being here, and enjoy. Hi! (laughs) Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having us. Yes. I have Gabriella. Yes. (laughs) And her mom, Amy. Yes. And they are on this journey. Yes. Yes, Yes, indeed. (laughs) Oh, we are. And I talked to Amy. You may have been my first podcast. Yeah. Probably been about a year, I would think. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is. And so at that time, you were asking about what this all entails. Just you were in the <laughs> kind of like trying to prepare <laughs> about the possibilities and all that. Right. And Gabriella wasn't wasn't here. I was just talking yep. to you then. But yes, a year has passed. Very, very fast. 
So you are going to be graduating in the spring of 2020. Yeah. And you're in it. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> right in the thick of it. It's my turn now. And it's October 15th. Yeah. Tell me what life has been getting to this point when it comes to the arts. Yeah. I've always loved theater. Yeah, it's always been something that's like a big part of my life. Since I was like, what, three? I've been singing, dancing, all that. I've always loved to perform. So I always knew that that was going to be in some way a part of my life. I didn't know the extent to which. Um, I definitely know now. Obviously, I'm on this journey. Middle school, I enjoyed doing theater. I was a competitive dancer. So that's kind of really where I do my performing mainly. And then got to high school big high school and um I joined choir definitely a whole new world um yeah I mean the dancing that we're doing there mixed with like singing was definitely like a challenge because that's like combining like aerobics really with it you know (laughs) I mean it's insane so I mean I think being able to do that was like oh yeah like this is combining two of the things I love and really if you think about it all three like with acting too it's acting is the base of everything so I was like, oh, I like this. I like this a lot, getting to like put them all together. And I kind of just knew from there, I think, like, yep, this is the path I'm going to be on. And yeah, I think musical theater, especially like that combines the three. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine my life without any of those three things. Did you at any point consider an academic major? Oh, yeah, actually, definitely. For the longest time, I thought I was going to double major. I had been like, oh, well, I'll do performing arts. And I really wanted to go into engineering, actually. Mm-hmm. Kind of plot twist right there, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I've, I'm surprisingly, I'm a math and science person very much. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm in AP Calc BC right now. I took AP Chem last year. I love that kind of stuff, too. So I kind of thought that I would do something that combined like the two of them at first. And then I realized if I wanted to go into like a performance based field, you got to focus on that pretty much all in. You mm-hmm. can't really have like your attention divided, you know, mm-hmm. um, because in theory, it'd be great to double major. But yeah, that's a lot of work, I think, within college and even just trying to maintain everything. I mean, it's hard enough to like do like school and like musicals afterwards. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine trying to get two degrees even. Um, so I realized that performing is what I love to do. And I love math and science. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But I can imagine myself without that and feeling fulfilled and happy, but I can't see it the other way around. I think I'll always be missing something if I'm not performing. That's a great answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. The, the last part, especially because Well, first of all, commenting on the math and science, a lot of creative musical people are very strong in the math and science, like taking piano lessons and playing an instrument, I know for sure. But I think just being able to produce music Mm -hmm. in some way from either your voice or playing an instrument there's scientific research that it actually does foster some part of your brain that develops. So I think it's a common thing that people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like the two do not feel related at all. So. 
Well, you know, I think about Tommy and he was kind of interested in um, computer science. Oh, yeah. And I think that putting something together, that's an art too. You know, like you're you're creating, creating. the process yeah. of the outcome. And it's a, uh, I don't know, no, yeah. Yeah, I can't get words to try to describe the similarity, but. No, but you're right, actually. I never really thought about that because. I used to do coding camps over the summer. Mm-hmm. It's like a long time ago. It was elementary and middle school. school yeah. But you're okay. creating something by yeah, doing that. Right. You know, I love making websites and stuff. It was still creative, though. I mean, it has the mathematical part in it, obviously, but it also is like a total creative outlet. Yeah. So as much as they might feel so far apart, they're not. Yeah. And what you said at the end there about um, you can imagine yourself not doing the engineering part, but you can't imagine yourself not doing the all the musical theater stuff. And I I know Tommy was asked in an audition about that, about his outside interests and, you know, why he's choosing this path over other things. Yeah. Something I remember when he came back, he was like, oh, that did not go well. (laughs) Because he said, well, you know, after thinking about it, I thought, even if I need to be poor, I'd rather be doing this. And he was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I understand that, though, too. I mean, with one, I mean, engineering is a great field to go into, like, for money, at least, you know, especially for women. It's like one of the highest paying jobs for, like, females. It's like, well, you can make a lot of money with that. Or actors really don't make a lot of money. But I think if you enjoy it, it doesn't really matter, you know? So. And you never know, it could end up, something along those lines could end up being your side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was talking to Tommy about this too, uh, because he's looking at maybe working in the computer lab. And I said, you know, you never know, like that could be the thing that you do to make money Mm -hmm. while you're auditioning. So you never know how how that might come And it fills that space that someone he enjoys doing. And so he still gets to do that part-time, mm-hmm. and, but still doing what he loves to do. So. Yeah. Interesting. And the, the other thing that I'm sure by now that you've heard a lot of times when you go to like a pro- workshop or a program, they say, if there's anything, oh, yeah. anything, <laughs> anything at all that you can possibly imagine yourself doing, that's what then do you, that. Should do you should that. do. That I don't understand that. Like, well, because it's hard. The business is hard. And if there is something else you can do and you'll be just as fulfilled, that's the key though. If you'll be just as fulfilled, not like you're capable of doing it. It's like, you'll still be happy. Then do that because gotcha. your business is hard. Gotcha. There's a lot of heartbreak in it. Yeah. Yes. But if that's what you need to be happy, then obviously go through with that. It took you a while to figure that one out. Yeah. I don't know. The fulfilled part. The fulfilled part. Mm -hmm. That's the key right there. If you have something else that will fulfill you as much as musical theater, then go do that. I kind of struggled with that as a parent, knowing that he does have like the ability to do so many other things and (laughs) dropping the possibility of the double major, which he actually auditioned for a couple schools that he could double major at. And when it came down to it, he chose the straight up BFA over the BA. That was like, okay, 
this is yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, and American was the school that he would have double majored at, uh-huh. and. There was a lot of tempting things about that school in terms of a college experience. He's in, he would be in Washington, D.C. It's a very academia school. People recognize it as like mm-hmm. your smart kids. Mm-hmm. When it came down to it, he didn't even want to go visit. Oh, wow. Again, because he was like, I know what I want. And those will just be distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I just don't, I know, I I don't, I don't need all those things to accomplish what I want. Yes, they would be, you know, fun, right, and add to my college experience, but that's not really what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll further myself in a full-time program versus, right. Do you see it that way too? Oh yeah, no, definitely. Because we talked a lot this summer when I was at Rutgers. I loved it, loved every minute of it. But a lot of it was focused on BFA versus BA. And so it was like drilling the fact that a BFA is like you're all in. Very focused. And BA, it's a little more broad. It's not so much like acting specific or performing specific. You learn more about the other parts of the craft, which is great too. It's super important. But if you're going into a BFA, it's very specific towards that one thing. And I think I was looking at it like, no, this is like what gives me the enjoyment. It's that part of it. And I need to be all in. And that's kind of where I was like, BFA, that's it. That's mm-hmm. the thing I want. Kind of. And was that a conversation that you guys had? You know, I will say that she's taken the lead on a lot of this and kind mm-hmm. of like, this that's is, I've researched fantastic. it. Yeah. This is what I want to do and explains her reasoning. Ultimately, it's her life. It's what she, mm-hmm. you know, her future. I mean, I will say my dad sometimes is like, are you sure you don't want to be like a doctor or something? Because I do well in school and I enjoy academics. And even when kind of going back to what we were saying about that, if there's anything else you can do. But I heard that the first time I kind of was like, I'm just going to be a neurosurgeon instead. It's going to be easier. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's kind of debatable whether or not it's easier. I kind of had that moment where I was torn because there are other things I thought I could do. And then I was like, I'll be sad if I don't do this thing. So mm-hmm. it all kind of stems back to that. I think I'm lucky enough to have great parents that support me in this. And they say that if it's what I know I want to do, then I'm good to go do it and try my best, work my hardest. That is such a gift. And it's so awesome that you recognize that. I had somebody reached out to me as a result of this podcast, but it was a student. And she said, thank you so much. I don't know if you realize, but there's kids listening too. And I'm doing this on my own. Mm. And this is helping. Right. And I just thought, oh, yeah, wow. it's a lot. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that either. Yeah. And I mean, and I know that there are families out there that the parents know, I want you to be an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer. And I, like she said, you know, Victor was at first, you know, like, I don't know about this. She could, she could do all these other things. And I had to say to him, but if her waking up every day to go to work, if she's not happy, I said, stop and think about it. If you didn't like your job, would you want to get up and go to work every day? Mm -hmm. And when I framed it in that way, he was like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're right. I wouldn't want to get up and go to a job that I didn't like. He definitely is supportive. Yeah, but it is a gift that you have a supportive family Mm -hmm. because there are people out there that don't get that or the parents like, well, you're on your own if you're going to go into that. Yeah. And I mean, 
to each his own. Absolutely. I, I felt the same way and I had to present it to Eric. Also <laughs> yeah. help him think through it. Right. To get to the point where he was all in too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's scary to go into it. I think for all parties, I mean, for his parents, you know, you want what's best for your kid. And then even just as like a student going into it, you don't know what's going to happen with any profession, really. You don't know what's going to happen. Nothing's promised anywhere. So that's <laughs> one of those morsels that you hang on to as you go forward. Just I'm doing this and it's different, but everybody else, there's no guarantees for them either. No, it's very interesting to me. In no other field do I ever hear somebody say, well, what's your backup plan? Mm. Like if I tell people she's going into musical theater, oh, okay, well, what's her backup plan? And like initially when she first started talking about it, I was kind of like, ooh, what is your backup plan? But then one of the programs she's gone through, the person that runs it said, if you ask your child, what's your backup plan? You're almost telling them, I don't believe in you. I don't believe that you can be successful. And I was like, that's so true, because I think she can be successful. So there is no backup plan. Like if she was going into engineering, would you ask her what her backup plan is? Mm -hmm. That would never be a question. Mm -hmm. So I find it very interesting that it's like the one area that people go into. They're like, oh, well, what if that doesn't work out? What are you going to do? Yeah. And I think it's maybe because our minds have been trained to think the likelihood of it working out is not as great. Right. And I am watching Frankie's class as they have graduated mm-hmm. and they're out there. They moved to right. New York and yeah. everyone's got a job making money right. while they pursue this. While they audition right. and go to yeah. classes yeah. and all that. So what does it look like for it not to work out? It's and what's successful? I mean, know? that's another thing I think it's how you define success. Like, that defines where you're going to say, like, for if it doesn't work out or not, because there are a limited number of Broadway theaters, limited number of shows, actors that can be in them. That's a very small thing. And it's like hard for anyone to get into, even like the best sometimes don't make it there. You just, it might not happen, but there's still, there's tours, there's regional theaters. There's so many other things. There's other countries. I mean, there's so many different places that you can do theater. And I think something that I, noticed really recently, I think, I kind of came to terms with that at least, was that, I mean, everyone wants to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I would love to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I wouldn't. Yes, yes. And it's definitely, like, the highest goal, and that's what I work Aspire. for. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I would be just as happy performing on a tour because I still get to do what I love every day and still get to bring, like, theater to people who, in that case, really, to people who don't get to go out to the city all the time people who don't get to see it as much and that's their way of seeing Broadway shows. And it's like, I think if you look at the big picture of that, there are plenty of jobs. There's so many tours going on right now. Yes. So many different things. And yes, I mean, it's not only those people who are in Broadway shows are Mm -hmm. the people who are making a living doing this. Mm -hmm. That is not true. Right. And another thing that comes to mind is cruise lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. How fun. Right. right? And your point of you're bringing an experience to people that they might not otherwise have. Yeah, they haven't bought a ticket to go to New York and see a Broadway show, but maybe they will in the future because they saw your show. Mm -hmm. Or maybe someone who isn't as familiar with theater, they go 
to see a show because like, oh, well, it's in town. I've heard it's good. I'll go see it because they wouldn't normally go to the city and they end up realizing this is what they want to do and you've just inspired someone. I mean, I think that's just as powerful. I agree. Okay, so your summers leading up to this, did you do, you just mentioned Rutgers. Yes, um, loved that. And prior to that, had you done summer programs? Yes. The year before, I did Gathered. That was with a group called the Broadway Collective. I've worked a lot with them. I love them a lot. That was a five-day intensive in New York City. Um, and it was just, I don't know how many hours. It was long hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very long. And, you know, that same kind of idea as what I did with Rutgers, just working, voice, dance, mm-hmm. acting. I did that. I'm trying to think of a summer before. Oh, you did. Oh, I'm taking my top. Yes, that was at Michigan State. Okay. So. Another yeah. week-long program. Yeah, that one was a week-long. We put on a show for that one. Mm-hmm. After that, I decided I wanted to start doing things that were training-based. Because yes. I really wanted to be able to focus on the craft mm-hmm. rather than Yay, here's a show. Right. You know? And that's a big difference mm-hmm. in the experience and how it grows you. The other two, so the Rutgers and the Broadway Collective, yeah. were their college program instructors there? How is it different if they were different? Yeah, they definitely were different. So for Gather, the teachers for that were, they were either currently in shows or doing some work. So bigger names. The creator of it is a University of Michigan graduate. He was in Hello Dolly Revival. He definitely has those connections. So a lot of his friends would come in and they're from all over. You people from Mean Girls, more people from Hello Dolly, Frozen, Once on this Island. I could name them uh-huh. for days and days. Um, so that kind of training was focused on like the performers coming in, giving us their expertise. And so that came really from a lot of backgrounds then because different colleges that they all went to different types of like learning that they had. But then for Rutgers, that was a month long also. So mm. I was gone. I was in New Jersey for all of July. Wow. That's oh, a yeah. long time. It was a long, long time. time. So yeah, that was, that was interesting. It so, gave us a taste of what it will be like when she's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an experience in itself, I will say. And you were on campus there? Yeah, I was. Okay. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. There's like two tracks. So there's a musical theater track and an acting track. Some classes are together. So majority of the kids are acting. There were seven kids in musical theater track. So it was very small. How I great know. for you. I know. It was That's great. I said. so much one-on-one time. It was <laughs> like, wonderful. Awesome. It's pretty small. All teachers that either worked at Rutgers or they went to Rutgers Kind of a taste of what their BFA program for acting is like. They don't have a musical theater program, mm-hmm. actually. It was very mm-hmm. intense. It was. I love that because as I a parent, that. you're like, okay, she is so thick into this. And exactly. Doing it every minute of every day. She'll know. That's what they even said. Yeah. Yes. The- At the end of that, mm-hmm. if this is for yep. you. The first day when we got there. I was so nervous. Oh my gosh. Um, but we all like were sitting there, parents, all the kids, they were saying, at the end of this, you'll know either this is for me or this is not it. Not what I want to do because it was a lot. But it was really styled like what a college experience would be like. The university itself, they focus on Meisner technique. So you're know, talking about Meisner and then Stanislavski. And those, those were names I did not know beforehand. Let me yeah. tell you. And I would just nod my head like, 
Yeah, I know that. I'm like, oh, apparently yeah. I'm supposed to. Right. Like, right. Yeah, I totally know the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> I did not, in fact. Um, so that was definitely a wake-up call, I think. Another question I have is, what did you find was different about learning from a performer versus learning from a professor? I feel like the performers were more relaxed in a way. Like, they were kind of like, well, this is what I would do. I mean, it works for me. It might not work for you kind of thing. It was very more like, try it this way. Just like, see what happens. Whereas with the professors, it was a little more like, we're going to do it this way. If it works on you, awesome. And if it doesn't, you're still going to try kind of thing. When you have the same teacher for, I think, what, like 20 days, they got to know you and they weren't afraid to yell at you. If they had to. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's good. They wanted the best from us and they knew we were capable of it. They pushed us pretty hard. The nice thing also is that I was there and I definitely did not be like the best one there. Like I knew people were better than me and I was like, okay, so what are they doing that I like? It's nice to be able to like look around and be like, oh, these kids are really good. Like, they mm-hmm. go, And you're there with them. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah. I was picked to be with them, you know? Well, and I guess what I want to point out is that there's, a, there is a difference being taught by performers. There is. Yeah. And being taught by professors and they both have good things to offer. I think that you're fortunate that you've had both. Yeah. I think I've learned a lot of different things from both too. I think the real difference is just the specialization. Having the opportunity to experience what it might be like Mm -hmm. in an actual program every day is a great thing. If you are able to do it it, because it does affirm for you as the incoming student to a program and for us as parents that, yeah, she survived yep. and, yes. and came back and like was more fired up. Yeah, I agree with that. I think for us, it really showed us a lot of stuff. Actually. A lot of stuff. And I, I even saw a growth just within her independence, independence maturity. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, the things that maybe I would do for her before, but now it's like, oh, she's got that covered. So I saw that. And unfortunately, she got like a sinus thing while I she was did. there. Oh. I got so sick. So then she had to go to urgent care on her. I mean, like oh. the chaperone went with her. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. nonetheless, like she had to do all of that. Uh-huh. Like on her own. And, but it gave me a sense of, you know what? She can do this. Like she's going to be okay. You know, so there was that, that aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the program, you know, for her to say, yep, I, this is what I want to do. I loved it. I, it was a lot of work. That is one thing she said. It was a lot oh, of work, yeah. but I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, did anybody say that they that that's not for them? Oh yeah, oh definitely. They were kind of there for a good time, and then they realized this is not for a good time. It was not. For a good time. I mean, for some people, it is a good I have time. To work. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, but it was. I don't think it's what some people were expecting. I know there are people who went home and were like. Not it. Yeah, and how great that they found out now. Exactly. Better to find out now than to get into it and be like, ooh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Yeah. Because I feel like, I think even before I went, I knew it was work. I knew there was going to be a lot of work involved. But you think, you're like, oh, how hard can it be? It can be hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And you realize that. I mean, in building your stamina. I think that our kids coming out of show choir have good stamina yes. because of 
building up to do a 20 minute set yeah, yes. of constant singing and, and dancing keeping energy up and giving it more and more and more. Yeah. yeah. That experience of accessing that energy and if you have it or you don't and how do you fare? It's all so good. And getting to the point where you feel like your child knows for sure is a milestone. Mm-hmm. And I found and let me know what, what you think that they finish a program and be like, yeah, yeah, I still, I'm in it. And then they, I need to stretch them further, you know, <laughs> yes. like get them in the fire, right? Yes. To, to really, really assure me. Yeah. And Eric as parents and my child, yeah. um, that this is going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely, I agree. You do, you, you kind of always look for those. Okay. Even on the days where like they come home from rehearsal and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, it was terrible. Yeah. You're like, Oh no, you know, <laughs> but then you're like, no, okay. You know? It's, yeah. Cause you're going to have to deal with difficult people. Yeah. You're going to have to deal yeah. with yeah. castmates that aren't easy to work with. Right. All of those little things yeah. are important. Yeah. Yeah. Too. And I think just like whenever I get in those moods, I just think about how happy I was this summer. And I'm like, nope, it's worth it. It is what I love to do. Sometimes in a high school setting, people do it. They do theater because that's fun. It's a you know, yes, curricular. Yes, and I don't expect everyone to be die hard into it. Kind yeah. of like it's this or nothing. And I'm doing this like it's professional. Yes. I mean, that's my personality. But mm-hmm. so when I was surrounded by the people who were, and they all had that kind of energy, it's like, this is right. And it just reaffirms the fact that it's a valid thing to go into. And it's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frankie has said that being in productions at college, they moved so much faster. The rehearsals, everything moved so fast because people were on it, paying attention. They were there yeah. to do that. Interesting. Yeah, because everybody's there to do that. We're like in high school, you have a lot of people that just do it because it's fun. And then one step above that, working in regional theater mm-hmm. for Summerstock, it was even more so because you arrived right. knowing your material. They do like a sing through and I'm not even sure exactly, but it's just that much more efficient because people, they only need to be told once and oh, yeah. it's done and you don't have to go back and do it again, do it again, do right. it again. I mean, it depends on who your director is. Some people, it doesn't matter how right one and done <laughs> the person that you're directing could be. Yeah, They just want to see it multiple times but it's like you know there's so many people vying for these positions to be performing and working you have to be all in you have to be working hard and showing that you can do it because someone could come up any second be able to do the exact same things you can do but they're more willing to do it than you are Mm -hmm. what kind of person you are to work with is something that they're looking for when you go to audition they're looking at your talent But when they say, and this is something I learned from probably just listening to Frankie and Tommy (laughs) and, you know, just the different parent meetings I've been to at different things. um, They're looking at you like, I'm going to be working with you for the next four years. And how will that be? Like, are you someone I want to work with? In three minutes. Though. From the moment you walk in the room, they watch 
Well, you're pitching yourself. I mean, yeah, as difficult as it is, because it's such uh, an intense, short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. But to be able to be yourself, and I think that's why the material is also so important, that you, in some way, I know you're acting and singing, but that in some way you can show yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I A big thing that I've always like heard is like finding material that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. And that's why that they urge you to do it with your age range and things that like you can relate to. So like events that maybe you've been through or things that like you can see yourself like going through like at this moment, because then it shows who you are kind of. And it's easier for you to put yourself in it because, you know, there are many different methods of acting, but mm-hmm. all of them pretty much say that acting is you just in another circumstance. So the lines that you're saying are just like the things that you would say as a person. Really, it's you that you're showing even through monologues and singing and all of that. It's just like a different version, kind of. I mean, yeah. I spent a long time looking for songs. Like, I'm not even lying. When I say I started sophomore year looking, I started, I my spreadsheets, quite the thing. I went back and forth and back and forth. And I really didn't pick my songs until like, I don't know, May of this year. I couldn't, I never was like, oh, I like this one, but I don't. It's going back and forth, but I definitely feel like I finally found the songs that they resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And I hear them and I'm like, yeah, like that's me. Like that's speaking my truth, like through the song. There's so many shows out there. You're bound to find one that has something that really speaks to you. You can look at it and be like, oh, that's me through and through. The songs that I have, I'm like, oh yeah, like I've got a situation right here. Like that I can totally put myself in and be like, yep, mm-hmm. this is how I respond. I think that's something that's important with the material you choose, especially because if you pick stuff like that, they'll notice that and they'll see they're not even acting really. They're just being themselves. And that's what acting is. The material being so dead on, it makes a world of difference. I do think that some people can get by with their talent and, and maybe not having it be the sweet spot but I just think your chances are so much better if you take the time like you have to really scour for the material (laughs) that scrape there with that yeah (laughs) yeah and and but you know that you have too so you can rest in knowing that you have put forth all of that effort yeah and I haven't really come to terms with the fact that I was all obsessed with this idea of not doing songs that were overdone. It's a big thing for me. And I was like, no, I can't do that. You know, if you go on Wikipedia, there's like a list of musicals and it's like alphabetical. And I would just go through it and be like, nope, everyone knows that show. Everyone knows that show. Everyone knows that show. And I would find the very obscure. Yes, right, right. And then I find some great songs. And then sometimes I wouldn't even be able to find sheet music for them. There was one I found. I really liked it. I remember the sheet music is though it was like from 2012 and it flopped so hard mm. that there is no sheet music that exists. Uh, I was looking and there were songs I find and I'd be like, mm, but I feel like they're really too popular. And then I really had to like sit down and realize someone else actually really told me this, but the song that you're going to do, someone else is going to sing it. You can't help that. There's only so many songs and the chances of at least one other person seeing that. I mean. It's going to happen more than likely. So you have to just accept that. If it's the song that is right for you, then you do it. Because, I mean, you don't want to do something super overdone in the sense of, like, 
popular from Wicked. I'm sure no one does that anymore because they know it's on like the Do Not Sing uh-huh. list. That's what they mean when they say overdone. They don't mean, oh, you really enjoy the musical Little Shop of Horrors and you want to do somewhere that's green. It's not really an overdone piece. A lot of people might know it, but that doesn't mean it's overdone. And just because more people might be doing it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. If it's special to you or you bring something to it that other people don't, then you should do it. Once I realized that, I was good with like the songs I picked and I was like, nope, these ones are the ones that speak to me. And I'll admit they are a little more on the obscure side. But if I went into an audition with them, the people sitting behind the desk would know them. And I think that's better than going in with the show. They're like, I'm not sure if I've ever heard of that. Yeah. I hear the song. I they think say, I do too. And I haven't always yeah, thought right. that. And then all of a sudden I was fearing that if I go and I start singing a song, the entire time I sit there like, where is that song? And then they ask you that at the end and that's what they were focused on. They're like, oh, that was an audition. And I totally missed it because I was trying to figure out where the song was from. And that's not like they're trying to be rude or anything. It's just, that's what the human brain would want to do. So wise. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the way that you picked that apart. Because <laughs> it's so true. And I think that's a point that people trip up on is as you choose the material, you want to find something, of course, like we're talking about that fits you and mm-hmm. that whole thing. But then doing the familiar versus something they've never heard before. And you think like, I don't know why I thought doing something that they've never heard before would somehow give you an edge. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. Right. That's not the case. And, And it's almost like when you are choosing something like that, it says something about you that, yeah, you want to stand out be different and that's what you're there to do is right. stand out but does it mean that you feel like you're not in that place where you can do something that's known and do it well and your talent will be recognized right mm-hmm. it's almost like you're not okay to settle into that I don't know I just wonder. Oh, yeah. And it did take, I was like, it's okay. It finally it clicked for her. Mm-hmm. It took a while. It did take a while to get away from that thought of obscure. Like, I don't want to do any song that anybody else has done, you know. <laughs> but once it clicked, then I saw, like, then she was like, okay, I have my songs. I know what I want to do now. Which was a huge thing because we kept bouncing around. And we kept bouncing it was, Yeah. And where did you get your input from on that influenced your final decision Oh, like the, on the material. Like once I found them, I heard them like when they clicked for me, that, I think that was like the biggest thing. So like it was really focused on personal, I'd say, but I did. I took them to a voice lesson. I said, I want to sing through these because I like how they sound right now, but maybe I can't sing through them. So let's try seeing them. Yeah. My voice teacher liked them. And I said, I was like, Oh, that felt good. Those felt good. And I'm very guilty of being like, when I have an idea in my head, it's like, it's that. So really, if anyone really did try to be like, oh, that's not right. I'd be like, you're wrong. I, yeah, that's <laughs> that's I okay. That's you know you're, you know who you are. Stick I think to my that that's okay. Yeah. So, so I know, I mean, I'm trying to think who else. Who else is like, you ran it by Kate. I oh, did. Kate Lumpkin. Kate Lumpkin um, who is a casting agent uh, in New York. And she's worked with her. Um, through the Broadway collection. She also does consulting, coaching. Yeah, she's you know, so we had a session with her over the summer. And, um, and she liked them. She thought they were good yeah, for me. Good. I took them to Rutgers. It's hard, you know, you want to do 
up-tempo in a ballad and then golden age in contemporary. So figuring out the mix. And personally, for me, I feel like it's easier. There's so many ballads nowadays. I feel like contemporary ballad is like easier to find in a golden age of tempo is easier mm. to find, in my opinion. Like that's when I'm listening, I was like, oh yeah. But people usually do the opposite, I guess. That's mm-hmm. what I've heard. So, but I sang my golden age of tempo for like a little like audition kind of thing on like mm-hmm. the first week. And I did like, the cut that I had like gone through with my voice coach and the guy listening to it, he's like, that's it? And I was like, yeah, that's like my 32 bars. And I was like, you didn't even sing like the best part of a song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, well, I kind of know. Like, I don't not, don't feel as like secure in that, but like I can do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yes, sing it. And so then I like looked at it when I got home even. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the best part of the song. Yeah. Like, that needs to be in my audition cut. So like doing that definitely helped with figuring out where to do the cuts. Uh-huh. The other one was pretty clear. I tend to do the end of songs, but like, the bridge of that up-tempo song that's like as Kate said she's like, it's the meat and potatoes of it and you have to have that you mentioned about coach so going into this process what were your thoughts on a coach are you using a coach what is that looking like for you I've been kind of alone on this I mean not alone as we've talked about this. you know my parents are here I do have people I can contact but it's kind of been me running this whole show, which is hard. I'm not going to lie. I don't have like a formal college audition coach. I've done a couple of sessions, like said, with Kate Lumpkin, which helped a lot. She helped me find my monologues and she's a godsend for multiple reasons. But, uh, but I kind of relied on what I've been learning. I do an online program called Hello Broadway and it's an online Broadway Academy thing. This is my second year doing it. But I think. It definitely made me more comfortable with filming pre-screens because it felt like I was doing a Hello Broadway video. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we set up the camera like I always do. I already have like a tripod that I have for it. Um, we hit record, we get the music started and I'm used to like that now. So it made me comfortable with that. And even just like being given a piece of music or a monologue and looking at it and saying, okay, who's my character? Who am I talking to? What do I want? How am I going to get it? Like, where am I right now? What happens 24 hours after this? What am I wearing? All those kind of questions naturally kind of come to me because I've been doing it for quite a long time. So even though I think it would be beneficial to have a coach or I don't know, maybe it's fine not having one. I'm not really sure since I don't have one, but it's worked out okay so far. Yeah. It's not Um, like you're not using resources. Yeah. I have people I can talk to if I need to, not like a set coach that we meet every week or anything like that, but I know who I can turn to if I need. And yeah, I can look back at the feedback I've been given and be like, okay, yeah, that's something I had to work on. So where are you in the application process now? Oh, (laughs) um, applications are scary. That's a little bit of a journey though, too, because so many people stress the importance of applying to a lot of schools that's always a big thing especially for girls because it's competitive and I fell into that trap at first I was like okay well I'm gonna I originally was gonna apply to 25 schools yeah that's not I mean that's so normal and then I took a minute and I was like would I really go to this many schools though yeah if I got in so I kind of looked and I was like mm, I'm not too crazy about some of these or like I've heard like I kind of like looked into them more and there's not like vibing with me. 
I ended up whittling it down to 17 from there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a good number. I think 17 is reasonable. And then I kept looking at it because I think looking at all of them in like my common app page, you know, yeah. look at my spreadsheet. It's a lot to look at. It's kind of overwhelming. So I would look at it and be like, there's 17. And for some reason that number just like wasn't sitting well with me. Like I was wanting there to be a little less kind of, yeah. and like it's kind of risky. I feel like going, you know, smaller and smaller, but I was like, I won't go to these schools if I get in really. Like, if it's the only school I get into, that's what I'll say. I'm like, if this is the only school I get into, will I go? Great question. And if the answer is yeah. no, or it's like, because uh, I even had that kind of moment mm-hmm. with one of them. I was like, oh, sure, I mean, it's a good program. But, like, you have to think about all the things that matter. I mean, location even is an important thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just looked at that, and I was like, you know what? Some of these just need to go because I don't think I'm going to end up going there anyway. So I'm not going to waste my time. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that already goes into it. So as of right now, as I have 12 schools. Oh, 12 is good. So oh. it's smaller. Wow. It is. And, and I think all the schools, I think there's a good range mm-hmm. of. Yeah. So do you have like your safeties and your. Well, safeties don't exist, I feel like, for musical <laughs> theater. People have told me that. They're like, safeties really don't exist because now that it's so competitive and they take such a few numbers it's really like that's, that's true too yeah. yeah you just have to be really like confident that like oh i'll get into this well, it almost has to be a non-audition school yeah and i think yeah. really the only one that i've really heard of that is like non-audition or you can audition for a scholarship really only is mullenberg i'm a little afraid that sometimes like some of them are a little more reachy i will say that like a majority of them i feel like are kind of that but they're all schools that I can see myself at mm-hmm. and enjoying myself and learning. And for me, at least personally, if I don't get into any of those schools, I would rather, I think, take a gap year and continue to work on my craft and get a job so I can get some money so I can go to college, <laughs> you know, um, and do that. And then audition the next year, then to go somewhere where I'm not going to be happy and regretting my decision to go to the place where I was accepted. So I think looking at my list now, I think all the schools I have are schools I would go to. Yeah. I think that's a really, that's a good criteria. Frankie was very much the same way. He applied to seven schools. Oh, wow. I know. He's also Uh, a boy, though. (laughs) Yeah. It was a little bit of a different type, too. It was. I feel like it just keeps escalating. It does. The competitiveness. Yeah. But he was like, if I don't get into one of these schools... I need to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, right. he was comfortable with right. that. And I, at the time, was, I didn't, I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy ended up applying to, I think, 13 schools okay. or 14. Now you had two different experiences too, because did Frankie use like an audition coach? Well, Frankie, he, in March of his junior year, started doing Skype sessions, MTCA, and there was like a track, but he dropped off at a certain point because it had served its right, it, purpose. It, it, he, he got what he needed. Right, and, yeah. right. And, he, and going to all of these summer programs, I think that you do get a little bit of a leg up mm-hmm. on knowing. Yeah some things and but no uh went through after that with 
you know, he had his voice coach mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, and he took some extra dance and, and Tommy, he did Moo. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mariana Denard, mm-hmm. the college audition coach. Yep. Yes. Um, which is in our area, a well-known resource. Yep. I did a thing with her last, last year, year in Cleveland. Yes. Was, oh, yeah. Tommy did that too. Yeah. She's great. I love her. And I learned a lot even just from that weekend. So. Yes. At work. W-E-R-K. Yes. Way. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. It's actually like a separate entity that hosts that. And she comes in as a guest speaker. Um, I did not know that until we went to Moonifieds and I okay. met the person who it's his organization. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, um, he worked with her some, you know, it was kind of a weird setup. Yeah. He wasn't a full blown coached student of hers. He didn't start from the very beginning. It was about this time of year. <laughs> and we were like, maybe you should go to Moonifieds. And you're not happy with your monologues. So um, yep. why don't you reach out to her and see? And so that was, yeah, that was that. Um, but I think it's whatever, you know, whatever works for you. And it sounds like you have great resources. Hope I do. <laughs> you definitely have a great head on your shoulders. That's amazing. Um, so you have your common app all done? Yeah, I think. I think it is. Um, the common app part itself, no specific school questions. Some of the essays, we got to finish those. Fantastic. I feel good usually about what I'm putting forward because, I mean, there's a whole other layer of having to get in academically. Yeah. You know, oh. I feel pretty confident in getting in academically. Uh-huh. I think I have almost everything. I mean, it's just a couple more essays I have to write. So tomorrow we have the day off though nice i think i'll be working on those go ahead i was like, i would feel better if like we can hit that send button and or submit and then it's like okay now we're done like but you mean does that include all of the pre-screens and everything too well, those are filmed yeah she's got oh these. you've got all those cut and filmed yes I yes do. that's fantastic yeah. that was, oh, that was a yeah long when time when were those complete um two weeks ago i mean it, Pretty recently. Yeah, Yeah, because that's still very ahead of the game. I feel like sometimes people want to push you to, you have to have your pre-screens in by, you know, like September. And then you start. September 15th was like the date for like Michigan for like the first wave. Yeah. So I kind of was like last night, like, I can't get my Michigan application in. But you don't. I think you're okay. They have a deadline for a reason. And this isn't their deadline. Yeah. Like some of them are November 1st, some of them are Mm -hmm. December 1st. Mm -hmm. Which they are coming up. But. but, Right. But, like, I could see she was, like, and even I was. I was, like, oh, my God, the 15th is tomorrow. But then I was, like, you haven't requested your transcript. You haven't, you know, requested your letters of recommendation. Uh They're not going to even process your application until they have all the information. Right. So, you know what? We'll get it in with them next week. Yeah. Yeah, Take a breath. You're okay. You're not behind. I have to keep reminding myself that. You're not behind. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, that's something that I know. Both of us, I think, struggle with is that, oh, my God, we're behind. But then you just have to stop and say, no, we're okay. Yeah. My goal is like maybe tomorrow to sending her SATs yes. for us to all the schools, yes. requesting the transcripts, mm-hmm. all those things. I want to work on essays. I know that's my focus. So mm-hmm. many things. But, yeah, the pre-screens, 
That was a long day, for sure. You did it all in one day? I have the best intentions to not do that. What happened? Something happened. Well, the first week she was going to record oh, her I was so ready voice. for her vocals, and then I got sick. She got sick. Oh. So she was like, oh my god. I'm like, it's okay. Let's just readjust. But I mean, it's stressful because and I I used to be like naive, I suppose. And I was like, well, pre-screens are the easy part because you can just keep filming it until it's perfect. Oh, but that's, and that's the, the worst part. But that's what I kept saying as we were filming that. I said I used to say that. I don't anymore. I'm like, oh, it's the worst because you keep on wanting to do it. It's that never going to be perfect. It's never going to be no. perfect. You just want to feel really good about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I look at the videos and like, there are little things that like aren't my favorite about them, but I look at them and I'm like, I think I could land like a lot of audition with this. I think I can pretty yeah. about that. Yeah. And that's, it's not like they're going to look at them based on the pre-screen alone. They're going to say, yep, she's in it. That's it. You yeah. Know? No, 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 no. It's well, right. and I also said, if you were, if, if it was perfect, you wouldn't need to go to school. That's right. You know, and, and they're looking for potential. Exactly. Yes. Right. So, are, are you worth our time? From what you've given us, are you worth us calling you back for an audition? Yes. Yeah. And I think that what she has I is hope it's worthy of that. I hope it is. But um, I will say that pre-screen process of filming is extremely stressful. Right. The filming itself is not stressful. I found... The wanting to keep doing it again. Yeah. Yes, right, right. The, the content that you were, that you were, the filming that was yeah, easy. Especially because, like I said, I'm comfortable with being in front of the camera to mm-hmm. film this kind of stuff now. Mm-hmm. So that part was fine. I was just like, I don't like how I did that. Let's just do it again. You know, and mm-hmm. please, just one more. It's like just one more time. <laughs> I, I feel like the most important thing is that you feel like you were feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. And not so much the technique, mm-hmm. but that you somehow, that one that you're choosing, you felt elevated in some yeah. way as mm-hmm. you were doing it. I mean, I had a, the reason it was like two weeks ago and like I just picked all of them. It's because like the next day I went to look at them and I was way too critical right away. I was like, mm-hmm. it's too close to having just filmed them. Yeah. I need to give it a minute. So I waited a week because, you know, school. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, that. That, yeah, that little that thing, thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at them again. And I was just like, I started breaking it down until, like, I cut the ones I was like, oh, like, I didn't even, like, finish that one. Or, you know, I looked at it and I was like, no, I didn't hit that right. Kind of, like, things that just had obvious problems, for mm-hmm, lack of a better mm-hmm. word. And then I sat down. I looked at them. And I went through. And I said, like, okay, these are the four that I filmed for this cut. Let's just like watch them and think what's different about them. And I was like, not feeling that one. I guess I've favorited them all on my phone. Mm-hmm. I would just like unfavorite it. And I'd be like, okay. And usually I'd be like, I would be left with like between two. And I'd be like, okay, let's just watch this one after the other. And they'd be like, I just felt that one more. I had to ask a couple people like, okay, which one out of these two monologues or these two dances do you like better? Mm-hmm. I'm really critical of myself. So if I'm feeling pretty good about it, yeah, I think it's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, this is just getting you through the first phase right yes so what did you use as your criteria for the schools that you kept or didn't keep oh <sighs> you know i mean you, you could see yourself there yeah but yeah. what was so like, like why kind of. yeah um i definitely i mean i did extensive research on all the programs sophomore year i had created a google doc for 
all those 25 schools, the mm-hmm. original 25. And I created one and I broke it down into the overview that they gave on their website, the curriculum that they had. So that would include usually a link to like where they kind of did the breakdown of classes or what you need to graduate, like the credits, um, the opportunities you had to perform. I think notable alumni. I think it was just looking at it and like reading through and how they presented themselves kind of would be something that would jump out at me. Like with the curriculum even, because I mean, that's the basis of what you're going to be doing. Yeah, that's what you are going to be actually doing. Yes. So looking at that, it's like, would I want to take these kinds of classes? Like a lot of them are obviously similar. They're all like, you know, acting one or, you know, voice one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's it's more not the very core classes that make a difference when you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. And even like looking at applications of the questions that they asked, like, the reason that, like, it's interesting enough, like, Boston Conservatory at Berkeley always been creeping up, like, higher and higher. Like, it's kind of one of, like, the top ones that I'm looking at right now because when I was looking at it, I liked um, some of the classes that they had. Like, they have, like, you know, a lot of them had, like, history of theater, like, theater history. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had, like, theater literature. And I was like, oh, that's something that I haven't seen at mm-hmm. as many schools. I mean, there are other schools that have it, but I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. And then... Even when I was doing their application, they're the only school that asked right away if there was a private voice teacher that you'd like to work with, like which one you would like firsthand. Hmm. So like hmm. looking at all of like I mean went into their bios. I still haven't picked one actually. I have to figure mm-hmm. out which one. But I'm like, they want me like to figure that out right now. And I don't know, there was something about that, like I liked that, I guess. I oh like, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool that they're like already like, yeah, like who we you don't know who you're gonna get. Right. Like, if we can set you up with one of these, you can say you don't have a preference, but which one would you want? And I was mm-hmm. like, I could just say right off the bat that like, I know myself, I want a female vocal coach because mm-hmm. they would understand, you know, female anatomy is right. different, you know, even just with vocal cords with all different kinds, you know, different voice types, different specialties. It's like, I can look at musical theater ones and I can see, okay, maybe it's like more mezzo-soprano than I want, maybe I want a soprano and like, I can look at their work because they have bios and stuff and that's, it was a very like specific question that I saw and I was like, it's interesting. And no one else asked me that, but the fact that they kind of had that attention to detail made me, I don't know, more interested in their program. Mm-hmm. So that was something that stood out to me. And then I know some of them I took out because I didn't like the location actually. I hate hot weather. I live in Michigan, so I know I deal with it, but <laughs> I like seasons and I'm kind of a Midwest East coast kind of person. Mm-hmm. I've kind of figured that out. So some of the ones I cut were more south because I was like, I don't see myself living mm-hmm. in the south for four years. And those were tough ones. Like that was a kind of a recent thing to cut some of those ones because like they're good programs. It's an odd thing to cut them for it, but I mean it is part of the factor and like the appeal of a college Being there. location. Yeah. I did hear um, actually on a panel that I was at and listening to, the parent was saying the daughter during auditions really felt more comfortable at the Midwest schools. Mm-hmm. And like he hadn't really taken that into consideration. Yeah. Right. But there was just a certain like attitude that was a little different, just a little different vibe mm-hmm. that she connected more with. She was just very much more in sync with 
the Midwest. The Midwest. Yeah. 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 Well, I know even I used to be like, I'm going to NYU. I'm going to NYU. Like, that was like my big thing. I really wanted to go over like to Tisch. And I started thinking about it. And I even like remember freshman year. I think it lasted up to that. And I remember, you know, the Michigan representative comes in mm-hmm. for choir. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, like, I'll take one. I probably won't go to Michigan. I really want to go to NYU. I said something like that. I don't know. I don't even know. I was a freshman. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too but like the lady she was super sweet um and she had said something about how sometimes though it can be bad to be going to new york right away because you're so close that you're just like oh i'll audition for this thing why Mm -hmm. not and you know the minute you go to an actual like professional audition people start to like remember you and if you make a bad first impression yeah if you're not ready that could have a whole effect on your entire career and I kind of thought about that. I was like, that won't happen, you know? Uh-huh. And then I thought about it more, and I was like, oh. Oh, I know myself. I'll definitely be like, well, I'm not too far away. I guess I can go in and just uh-huh. audition. Uh-huh. Why not? I mean, right. I'm guilty of like looking at things on Backstage.com right now and being like, maybe if I like flew out to New York, I could uh-huh. do this, uh-huh. you know? So I definitely wouldn't put it past myself to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, definitely some of the schools that I had that were located in New York – I ended up taking off because I was like, maybe that's not a good idea for me, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love New York, and hopefully I'll live there eventually, but I'll be there eventually. I don't have to be there right away, yeah. right out of high school and into college. It will still be there. Yes. That's right. I get that. I think we had a journey similar. You know, that's where you want to be, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but is that the best place for you to yeah. train? Right. You right. know, to Because it's a whole other experience, too. Yeah. It's a lot yes. different. Yeah. So, and what about how they have done this common... The common pre-screen? Pre-screen. It's not very common. I just put that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually know someone who, when I was at Rutgers, I worked with someone who pretty much, like, created it. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Augusto from Paper Mill Playhouse. It definitely is nice. I do appreciate it. Because it makes everything a little bit more uniform. This is the first year they're doing it. Yes. So it is not perfect yet. And I think in future years, I think it's going to end up being something that's going to help people a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's helping a little, I think, this year. But not every school is doing it. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of my schools are. Mm-hmm. But there are some that aren't. Michigan isn't doing it. Mm. Um, I thought that was interesting. But a lot of the other ones are. They have two options for the schools for different things. Now, the options are similar, so you can pretty much kill two birds with one stone. Like, if one school is asking for option A and the other asks for B, you can kind of do a similar thing. like Something first, that covers both. Yes, like for songs, I think one of them, 60 to 90 seconds, a ballad and up-tempo, and then I'm pretty sure just the other option is one has to be pre-1970, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, if you just have one of them already pre-1970, uh-huh. you did it. You could right. work for both of them, right. you know? But for the monologue, it's one of them. It's a 60 to 90 second contemporary with a 60 to 90 second classical. And then the other is two 60 to 90 second contemporary. Mm. So in that case, you have to have three monologues just prepared mm. that way. That's kind of how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. But it looks like more schools do the two contemporary. I mean, in the past, like Carnegie Mellon has always been always the one. Yes. The yeah. They're like, they want to show like your familiarity with like, you know, the older Sh- text like yeah. Shakespeare. So like they obviously took that option. 
And I will say, taking Shakespeare class this year, I feel very comfortable with the text oh, now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. that, just that, can be a huge deterrent. Oh, yeah. For people who are applying. I can't remember, was it last year that they started doing pre-screens? Yeah, I think Carney, so. Yeah, yeah. They, a lot of them are more recent. I know. And it's yeah. Like, of course. CCM right when I have to do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, CCM, I they, know. They started pre-screening. But I thought that the common pre-screen was the answer to everyone's stress. Stress, um, yes, yes. The stress of, of this process, but it's not. I think I'm it hearing. will be. I'm hoping it will be. I'm, co- I'm hopeful that eventually, after they see how this year goes and what happens, hopefully they will, they'll be they'll able to make changes. They'll fine-tune it a little bit. I think, I mean, this is the first year they're doing it. By the time Giovanni gets there. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so, like, okay, this has to do move there. Oh, yeah, it'll be years, gorgeous. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, I feel like they'll have it down by yeah. then. He'll yeah. be lucky. Right? The lucky ones. He will reap all of the... Oh. <laughs> but I do, I mean, they don't have a common, like, dance thing yet. They so said they're adding that next year. So, but really, the dances are already pretty common. It's just, like, do a combo, like, uh-huh. 30, 60 seconds, except for Ithaca, which has a given combination they give you, which is something I'm comfortable with because of Hello Broadway yet again. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, the dances are already... Pretty common. Yeah, it's, it's common, but it isn't. Okay, uh, okay. But I think it is a little bit nicer. It made me, because I, like, I had a whole spreadsheet for basically the pre-screens from last year. So I kind of like had all that information, uh-huh. figuring it wouldn't change. And then they said, oh, we have this new thing. You right, know? I was right. like, of course. Of course. But yeah. I went to go, you know, fix things up. And I was like, they started to look a lot more similar. And it's like, oh, what Elon used to ask for they were asking specifically that, like, your ballad had, like, a legato line. Like, it was very legato. And I was like, oh, the ballad I wanted to do, it's a ballad. But it wasn't super slow. And I was like, oh, I have to figure a different song for them. So I'll just, I'll just do a different one for them then. But then they adopted the common pre-screen. And it looked a lot more like the other ones. Maybe it did help you with how many things you had to prepare, record, mm-hmm. and different video clips. Right. Yeah. I have, like, 16 videos on my phone that are the ones that I was like, these are it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think Common Prescreen has a wild card on it, too. Oh, yeah. I think. Which, at first, I was, like, all worried about that. But I think I kind of nailed it. I think I kind of killed my yeah. wild card video. Not gonna lie. What you. did you do? <laughs> so, I was, like, trying to think of something that was kind of specific to me. You know, mm-hmm. something that I was like, oh, this is something that, like, you wouldn't really know about me just based on what I've given to you in my yeah. screen. Because at first I was like, I'll tap dance. And then it's like, everyone can uh-huh. tap dance. It's not super like, special. And so I ended up in the equation. And I, um, <laughs> I yeah, I know. Right? But I ended up creating one of my own. I, oh! I would do this a lot when I was younger. Like, at Coney Island, I would flip around my like menu and I would like write myself like equations. I would be like, X equals two. And I'd work backwards and create an equation to solve. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I know. I, you're, That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning that I like that. <laughs> but, um, so I was like, if I, like, play around with this, I can totally, like, come up with, like, something that I want to do and then, like, rearrange it yeah, and make it work. So I ended so up... so unique. Well, I ended up solving it because I think I'm a pretty silly person, too. Yeah. I mean, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I ended up having it and in the end, 
it says accept me. Oh, <laughs> I love Which that. I thought was kind of funny. Kind of weird. That's but so great. I thought it was fun. I was like, that's it's unique to me. I mean, yeah. it's just like the funny part of me too. It's like, smart. And yeah, yeah like yeah. created it from scratch. So I think that's like the nice thing about the wild card was like. You get to show something. I mean, it's not too serious. It's like, okay, we have, we've put you through a lot. Yeah. Right. Show us something fun. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. So you aren't fully submitted yet. Not yet. You're like on the brink. We're so close. Like I can, so close. I mean, I can see it. I can see how close we are. I can see that finish line. Okay. Just got a little bit more range to do. And when you walked in, you said that you were having some issue with uploading. Yeah. I. My phone is kind of being crazy um and like technology is technology. part of this yes it is and it, i mean yeah don't wait till the last minute because things right. can you know go wrong, go wrong. Right. right don't upload it at you know eleven fifty eight, hoping that it's gonna post by it won't you know. um i remember having something happen where however i processed it on imovie or something it was it it, it came out blurry oh like it wasn't clear when That's i uploaded of. like i'm going to preview mine and sure. i had to convert it to a um quick i know like a quick player kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I what, what i converted about. it yeah. to but like sweating yeah and so tense like when uh-huh. you're at the computer so i obviously like did that part uh-huh. for my boys yeah like i don't know why but can't email them. It says it's too large. Even won't download into Google Drive. Yeah, and um, then I would go on Google and try to yeah. Google about why this is happening mm-hmm. and what do I need to change. Right. And like, hmm. Yeah, like the, the ugh. oh yeah, that's the that's the piece. I don't I don't know. Like the part of me was like I get the common app and all of that, but there's a part of me that's like maybe it was easier. Like when we went to school, you just type up your application, right? <laughs> and have you thought about? Once you hear back from pre-screens, what is your strategy in terms of auditioning? And have you considered, you know, all the options? Are you focusing on just Unifies? Are you thinking about doing some on-campus? I definitely think if I pass U of M's pre-screening, I'll do it on-campus because we're so close, you know? I mean, might as well take advantage of the fact that it's only about, like, 45 minutes away. Yeah. So, because it's so close, I might as well do that because I can. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd like to go on campus with some of the other ones if possible, but that can be hard with our schedules. Uh, So And expensive. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit. They sometimes forget about that piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Earlier today, I was like, I'll send both my ACT and SAT scores. They're like basically the same. And And it's like, like, no, that costs money. Right. Oh, pick one. Yeah. (laughs) So... I am going to go to Chicago Unified. We have the hotel booked. I'll probably end up doing the majority of them there just because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's something to be said about going on campus. So I mean, there's, no, there's not a difference in like, oh, like we'll pick you more if mm-hmm. you show right, up. Right, right. It doesn't like increase that. your... Your chances of yeah. getting in. But, I mean, you're able to get the taste of like, the atmosphere from there. You'll probably be doing like visits after you find out where mm-hmm. you got accepted into. But that kind of gives you a first idea of it kind of a mm-hmm. taste of it while you're there if you stay for a weekend you could see a show maybe if they have one there and like which is so key yeah so you can see like what they put on like so i think if i can go to schools mm-hmm. i'll try to but unifieds might be the way i have to go mm-hmm. which i think is okay too 
Yeah. I think it's more about what will help you present your best self. Yeah. Is being on campus and having that, because it's generally like a whole experience. Yeah. It's not just like you walk in, do your audition, and then you leave. Will that prime you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In Tommy's case, he was like, I want to go to Unifieds, and I want to go back to back. I want to be in the mode and just do it. I do. I think there's something to be said for that, though, for sure. Like, I don't know if, like, I want to have all of them, though, like, right then and there, just because of, like, then it's like, oh, it's like all of them. It's like, if I mess up one of these, it's like, right. it's kind of scary. And what if you're sick? I always think that's that. my Gosh, fear. That's a huge fear of mine. About that. Like, you could be fine, and then. Yeah. Happened to me when I was on my free screen. Yeah. I mean, it's. Like, she was fine the night before. I was fine. And right before she went to bed, she was like, Mm, I got this, I like, like tickle in my yeah. throat. I'm like, but I was like, it's oh, fine, it's fine. fine. Yeah. And then she woke up in the morning, she's like, it was I not can't. fine. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the, the getting sick part. And then um, as I was there with Frankie, I was like, what if he was sick this week? Like, what what would we do? Right. I mean, and, and that is why they say also pick material, especially, right, vocal, vocals, um, you're singing, that... Even on a sick day, you can, you can sing. sing well. Ah, yeah. I never even thought about that, yeah. but yeah. Or a good off day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay, is there anything else in this process for you that you feel like we didn't cover? We covered a lot. I can't really think of anything else. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this will be us. helpful for... <laughs> For people and happy. Yes. and good luck. <gasps> Who knows? Maybe there'll be like a second episode. Yeah, well, I want to. <laughs> yes. I want to. Yeah. So she has such a great head on her shoulders, doesn't she? I loved a couple things that she said about being able to see herself not doing the math and science, but not being able to imagine it the other way. Also. Just the question of how do you define success? Again, I think she was so articulate about the journey to knowing that this is what you want. And as a parent, that journey of realizing that they have actually gotten to the point where they know for sure is a milestone. We covered some great things about the variables with regard to material and what's actually important. I thought it was interesting what she said about safeties don't exist. And they may not anymore. I mean, other than non-audition schools, not really sure that there's really a safety anymore because you can't predict, you can't know what these schools are looking for in their next class. That's a whole other kind of thing to delve into about these schools filling the types per class that they need in the culmination of the four classes that will be there that year. So if your child is applying this year, this conversation had so many great things to think about, maybe some topics to talk through with your child. And one of the things that was said that is so key is about being fulfilled. Yeah, our kids can do the traditional academic majors And I think the real question is, will they be just as fulfilled doing that as if they actually do go after this desire, this passion that they have for 
the performing arts. In the end, nothing's promised anywhere. And that's just a really good thing to keep in mind when you're getting a little stressed about this. If you are a parent or a child going through this process currently, wishing you ease in the process, peace, calmness, <laughs> and excitement. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear about how your process is going. If you would like any insight on a specific topic, I'm here as a resource. If you have any suggestions on where I should make this linkable or findable, I would love to hear from you about that. I am on Instagram and Facebook at Processing the Process PTP. On Apple Podcasts under my name, Lisa Tams, and that's just L-I-S-A-T-H-A-M-S. You can message me on Messenger which is PTP hyphen Lisa Tams. On a final note, please forward this to anyone that you know who would benefit from listening or who is a key person who would be able to share it with parents they're connected to or children they're connected to that would benefit from listening. I would really appreciate that. I just really want this to be accessible to anyone who might benefit in some way. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to be back sooner than later with a student who is currently going through the process. Thanks for tuning in. Be well. All the best to you and your child as you go through this really specific and special process. Be back soon.